0: And welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head to head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Tiny Tantrum. So, on Monday's episode, we got under the skin of Inner Space. And today, we're taking a look at a movie that does exactly what it says on the tin. No, not Darling I Small and the Children, but from 1989. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Now
4: while the professor is looking for the kids, we just gotta keep our eyes open. They're taking matters into their own hands. I say that, and it's ours! Something's very weird here. What is it? Ours no, we ah!
0: Well have a champion at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles.
4: Release the Kraken!
0: Hello, Clash Butters. I hope your face ends up on a milk carton. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part two of this week's Tiny Tantrum. We went through inner space on Monday, so today it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, Excited about this?
1: I am, but I do have an additional connection to bring up Ooh. on this episode. Is now the time? Well, I was just going to say very quickly, this is obviously our month-long listener-led
0: selection here on Clash Pod. These suggestions are coming from you. You pick two movies with a connection, you throw them our way, and we may be doing them on the pod. These connections, uh, or at least these
1: movies, come from Martin. Once again, big thank you, Martin. Chris? Yeah, I don't think Martin even realised this additional connection because something huge connects these movies. Um, it, do you know what this is? It's to do with Clash of the Titles the podcast
2: I've never heard of it and it wins
1: them entry both films are entry into the Clash Hall of Fame oh Frank Welker it is a hat trick movie for both directors it's the third movie we've done by both of these directors
0: is it really yeah so Joe Dante on Monday we've done Gremlins Mm -hmm. 2 we've done this Uh, we did um,
1: Inner Space what's the other Joe Dante movie we've done I mean, it's weird that you would get that we did Gremlins 2. Uh, Gremlins, <laughs> yeah. 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 We put them he face did, to face. And Johnston. Yeah.
2: Rocketeer, the, the Rocketeer. Yep. What was the other one? We haven't done Jurassic Park 3, have we? We've talked about it a lot. Yeah,
1: we have <laughs> talked about it a lot. The <laughs> Velociraptor on the plane.
0: We
2: haven't <laughs> done Captain Thingy. Alan.
1: <laughs> it's Jumanji.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, of is.
1: So, yeah, they, they're not quite with our director who's done four mm. movies that we've covered, which is Mr. John Carpenter. <sighs> Uh, but I, th- I honestly thought you were going to tell me that Auntie was voiced by Frank Welker because that is entirely <laughs> believable. Uh, and also today we've got James Horner hitting the double hat trick. Oh, yeah. this is the sixth James Horner score we've uh, movie we've done. Mm. Incredible! It's an injury. Are, are we going to be touching on the
0: score because there is actually some interesting stuff about this score, but. It's up to you, V. It's your movie, babe. I haven't your movie
2: anything about the score, so oh, you jump in. We won't be touching on the score.
0: All <laughs> uh, right then, uh, Chris, you did Inner Space on Monday. Victoria, it's your turn with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Take us on a journey.
2: Wayne Zielinski is a bad inventor but a good dad, or a good inventor but a bad dad because his latest creation shrinks his kids and those next door to a quarter of an inch before he sweeps them up as rubbish and tips them in the back garden to find their own way home. He then nearly smashes them to death in a bee kidnap baseball related incident, drowns his daughter and eats his son. It is hungry work half-heartedly combing the lawn looking for your tiny children. But it all works out thanks to some shouting and the kids are restored to their usual size. The family is saved, but more importantly, so is Thanksgiving slash Christmas slash some North American feast ceremony involving Turkey at the end.
0: (laughs) Now, to me, that was was written and read by someone... With, with not a lot of love for this no, movie, it's but nonsense.
2: I exa- love this film. Exactly. I was very, very, very negative. negative. I was very <laughs> under the. I was the you... know, But otherwise, what would you do? You just reading on TV going lovable Rick Moranis shrinks his kids and everything's fine. You say it's a I metaphor. like that. You do that yeah, next, next time. That was great. <laughs> or you explain
1: it as a metaphor for coming out. There's, there's so many oh, directions yeah, you can go you in. You can do
2: that. Apart from when it's not a metaphor for coming out. So then you're a bit. You never stoked. know. You never know. But two. Yeah, I'm just being um, snarky because I I've, I've said poets so I find it easier. It's just a natural um, state. My natural state it's just laziness (laughs) Uh, but you do actually you were really excited when this movie came out, I love this film yeah because it's a perfect wholesome family cinema trip memory and I hope it's a real memory you know because memory is quite porous Mm. Um, and I just remember clear as day being taken to the cinema the whole family and everyone had a brilliant time just one of those perfect a perfect film fun for all the family starting from when the fucking credits roll and it's like yeah this looks amazing yeah and just mm, seeing the poster, I'd say
1: before the credits roll because you oh, because there was a cartoon. You wasn't had a there? Roger Rabbit cartoon yeah. beforehand. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Tommy tummy trouble. Wait, is that the one with the baby? They've all got a ba- they've all got baby. <laughs> they've all got baby hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, in a hospital. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, but even seeing the poster made me feel like a, a lovely. Just yeah, I'm not going to be snarky. I'll, I'll be quite sentimental for a minute. Just really mm. safe, protected, looked after. Just in the crook of my family. And that is such a nice feeling for me. Mm. And so it's really sweet. So Mm. I have a lot of love for this film. But yeah, I was a bit mean about it then. But yeah, there are, but you know, watching it again, there are some bits where it's like, it it doesn't reach the peaks that it could in some places, Mm. but we'll get to it. Mm. When did you see it?
1: Well, this was in one of my geekiest periods. Empire Magazine (laughs) had had (laughs) recently started. Don't think you're there yet, but oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) And so this came out like seven months after America. Right, so I remember knowing about it, and being really excited, and then getting Empire in. I think that's the year they started doing, um, telling you what films were coming out for the rest of the year. It Definitely was, yeah, yeah, and circling them all. Oh, yeah, circling them true. all. So I
2: thought you knew them, but what you know is him.
1: <laughs> and figuring out what was coming out around February that I could go to for my birthday, oh, and it was that's this. So sweet. Figuring this figuring it out putting it on his wall planner.
2: <laughs> Bossing this your mum.
1: <laughs> this came out a couple of weeks before my birthday, so I'm pretty sure I circled this and oh said, "Oh my gosh, Let's so do it was a family birthday trip. treat!" Yeah, I'm did you sure. go to Pizza Hut? maybe so, or fra- not, fra- Frankie not Frankie and Frankie Betty. Was, no, there was, a, there was a place called Dillinger's in Beckenham, okay. which was named after the gangster. Yeah, John the, Dillinger. Yes, Great. the bloodthirsty gangster. And we used to go there for burgers and milkshakes. Oh, I love it. Wow. Yeah. Was it good? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. So yeah, that's my memory. Just It's similar to yours, actually. A really good, yeah. family happy, joyous memory.
2: Yeah. yeah. What about you?
0: I lost my parents to this movie.
2: You watched it a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I am... Um, I think I mentioned it on monday. I, I was I was already I already feel like I was too old to see this movie, which is strange because you're older than me, Chris. But when I came to this movie, again, I was already watching things like inner space, so watching this film, I felt like I was watching a kid's movie. I didn't feel like. This was a movie for me. I felt so like so cool.
1: He's so cool in there. Right? <laughs> you know. So like I was when, watching Terminator.
0: Yeah, totally, I was. I'd, I'd probably seen RoboCop by this point as well. So. You scared
2: the shit out of you. I was you. watching the Devils. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That's what That's listen. We were all different up in these. We don't have a Dillinger's, but you get to see movies earlier. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just you know, I sort of watched it again when yeah, kids filming it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what, did you see? Did you see this in the cinema? This was '89, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, I saw it. I saw it on video. Okay, so you, yeah, you would have been about 13 probably. Yeah,
2: maybe. Yeah, well then you are a little bit older. You old are though. too old. I mean, I well, was older. like, I was eight or nine, and that's just. Yeah, exactly. Was, for I, that. Well, there was, you
1: go. Well, then I'm not. I was 11. I mean, I am still really cool. You're
0: uh, I mean,
2: still really cool, really cool of but, course. But, yeah, yeah, but sorry, I, just was, just I, was, just...
1: I was actually too old for Were it? you chewing gum with your mouth open while you were watching it?
0: Yeah,
2: I was. was oh, it that you like You from the Monster Squad? like that kid on the bike? Were you just like doing popping wheelies around you? Rudy. Yeah, I love
0: Rudy. Or Corey Feldman in like anything Corey Feldman's in,
2: yeah. So, um, let's do a bit of background, shall we? Okay, so let's talk about Stuart Gordon, who I know I that Stuart
1: Gordon. Come on, I've Stuart Gordon. Have before you? He passed away. Yeah, yeah. Very serious, very serious man.
2: Serious about the craft,
1: or just serious? Yeah, yeah. very seriously. Yeah, I love him. You though.
0: have to be a serious man to deliver one of the great science fiction movies, Robot Jocks, which <laughs> hands down is brilliant. Why no one has? Why people are remaking like good movies? and not remaking Robot Jocks, which is already a good movie,
1: but could do with a Special effects update mm. is beyond the I've me. I've told you, I'm sure I've told you this. Uh, Duncan Jones wants to remake Robot Jocks, what? What? or if he doesn't, it's basically <clears throat> his favorite sci fi uh, from the 80s. It's not one of the big ones,
0: incredible. Do yeah. you know the story of Robot Jocks, Vicky? No,
2: I don't think so. It's a,
0: it's kind of an east and west superpower that sought out their differences not with war, but with two giant fucking robots piloted by the best of their civilizations in an arena
1: that people sit round and watch the two robots fight. Okay, uh, I think it was called Salute of the Jugger. Is that right in America? or I think it's got two names. But anyway, it's good.
2: Anyway. So... Let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> mm. Hey, listen, I'm happy to talk about robot Jocks. Do you want to talk about robot Jocks, V?
2: I'd have to see it first. Have you done research on robot Jocks? <laughs> I, do you know? <laughs> so, anyway, um, Stuart Gordon wanted to make a kids' film because his kids can't watch the films he'd been making at this point. And so, with his collaborator, Brian Usner, am I saying that right? Yeah,
1: who made society. Oh, oh like my Usner. God. He's a yeah, mess. Society, up. now, there is a mess. i think up movie. have seen that. Let's talk about society.
2: <laughs> What's the key scene in that film uh, where they all I don't want to spot. Uh,
1: yeah, don't spot territory, but it's weird gooey sex. Probably.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen that
0: by
1: aristocrats. Yeah,
0: gooey, yeah I have gooey seen gooey
1: aristocrat sex.
0: <laughs> I
2: have seen that. <laughs> anyway, um, so and also another writer that I worked with called Ed Naha from Dolls. They take a detailed treatment to Disney, and originally it was called Teenie Weenies, and it is a very sort of Stuart Gordon idea about this—not a mad scientist, but um, let's just say a, like a, a brilliant but uh. Yeah, all right, fine. Madcap Inventor. It, it, no,
1: he, it, he did two Lovecraft movies which had eccentric scientists. Eccentric that's the word. Yeah. And experiments going wrong. Yeah. Reanimator and From Beyond. Yeah. So this and was his this, this was in his wheelhouse.
2: In his wheelhouse, but it's for kids. Um and the thing is, so I read an interview with Stuart Gordon where he said Disney Disney was worried that I was going to kill all the kids. And I kept saying, no, um, I'm not going to kill them, but I want the audience to think they might die. Which, wait wait he till also, you get
1: to my change. Wait till you get my...
2: He I'm, also
0: said... <laughs> one of them should die. Oh, that's terrible. He, he also said
1: the potential for severing some heads was there when you had a giant ant coming at you with those big mandibles. Yeah. So, it was in the back of his head, and I,
2: but this is the reason why I'm talking about my memory of it as being very sweet and wholesome, and it is all of those things. But like most eight, nine year olds, I do like to be scared because mm. kids do like to be. When you are safe in your life, it's a thrill to be scared because you are ultimately protected. So,
1: what Disney said to him, uh, Disney said, Stuart, we want it to be more like the absent-minded professor and less like the fly." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but think about, like, we all loved Roald Dahl books and some of that is terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, there's quite a lot of, like, child abuse. Even but, to this day,
0: the evil canids in Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, the yeah. shapeless aliens that appear in the yeah. in the space station, that yeah. scared
2: the life and, out of me. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a lazy thing to say about Harry Potter, but I think about Harry Potter, like, the themes within Harry Potter are very, very dark and people do die and kids fucking love that mm-hmm. shit. But I was reminded this week of, like, do you remember point horror books? No, No, you maybe didn't read them, but point and horror books—they were so popular when I was at school. And it's, they like
0: fight, choose your own adventure.
2: No, they might have done one of those like versions, but it's more like uh, you're a bit, ba- you know, the story is always a, two girls are babysitting, one of them gets killed. Who did it? Was it her boyfriend? And then it Ooh, turns out it probably would They're like Scream, but for actual twelve-year-olds? Sounds awesome. And yeah. there's a whole point and horror books are brilliant. Anyway, um, can, so, I,
1: can I do that for a living now? <laughs> to, write, to write Oh them. my god,
2: it would be so good. <laughs> yeah. You were either into Sweet Valley High. If anyone oh, listening yeah, knows but, what I'm talking yeah, about. you
1: Love the twins.
2: So you do know what it is. There was a
1: TV show with those... Uh
0: I hated ladies. Sweet Valley
2: High, but I loved point horror books. I was just into fighting
0: fantasy books, you know, where you literally do choose your own adventure. Yeah. Ian Livingston, Steve Jackson, Death Trap Dungeon, those kind of things. I mean, yeah. I
2: think that's why, like, Enid Blyton books I was encouraged to read, but there's nothing, there's no menace. There probably is menace if you read it at the time, because the culture would well, make more sense. There were
0: smugglers. I'm always sure there were smugglers. There
2: were tons of smugglers, yeah. yeah. A lot of smugglers. And the kids would find the treasure. Yeah.
0: Swarthy smugglers who wanted their treasure back. Yeah. That's what I'm writing about right
2: now. Oh, Are you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh it is that way.
0: Yeah. Swarthy so smugglers.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, Stuart Gordon was going to direct it, but um, he didn't. So like a lot of stuff you would say due to an illness. Um, he had to pass it up. But <laughs> I read an interview where he said that the pressure of working at Disney took its toll on him and it said, sending my blood pressure skyrocketing and I had to drop out of directing the picture. And the only person to call to wish me well was Jeffrey Katzenberg. The result was that my wife now, obviously passed away recently, but at the time, my wife now eternally loves him and I have to keep reminding her that Jeffrey was the guy who made my blood pressure soar in the first <laughs> <laughs> So it sounds like it was pretty stressful. Um, but then Disney bringing in Joe Johnston, who at that point was a visual effects specialist known for working on Raiders of the Lost Ark. This was his first directing job, which blows my head off. I
0: agree. I didn't realise that,
2: but no. it's
1: amazing that this is his first movie. Yeah. And as we mentioned on the Rocketeer episode, there's this there's podcast. Po- that's why I'm looking at you when I'm saying this. Sorry, I'm okay. addressing this to you. There's, right. a, there's this podcast I talked about called The Rocketeer Minute, mm-hmm. where each week they spend an hour on each minute of The Rocketeer. <laughs> um, and he, he guests on it a few times, and each time he does seems to talk about how he had a very bad experience on Honey, I Shrong the Kids, and he can't believe he ended up doing another film for Disney uh, because he, he doesn't go into detail as why, but he just said this was not enjoyable making this movie.
2: So, yeah they got rid of one and then they got rid of another <laughs> yeah. so there's going to be no one left. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not, not an easy company to work
1: for I think. Which no. is crazy when you think about what they represent. It's just <laughs> joy and happiness yeah. and fun. So yeah. much fun and then you hear these stories and you're like oh my the, god. The, Ed, Ed Naha talks about it. he said for a while the film was called Grounded. The studio sent out these magnifying glasses with the word grounded etched into the handle. All the members of the press got them. I was also a member of the press at the time having a column for the New York Post and I got one as well. I thought great this title will appeal to electric <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not the funniest joke in the world. But, but he a makes shame. a
1: good point. it does sound like it could be about electricians rather than, an, uh, he said, uh, whoever came up with the final title deserves a medal.
2: Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And that was
1: part of the magic as well of seeing this title. It, it's, it's in the vernacular now, but at the time it was just such an odd turn of yeah. phrase. And yet they managed to screw up entirely the
0: sequel. Why is the sequel not called Honey, I Blew Up the Baby? <laughs> Which is
1: infinitely funnier than Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. It was, it was. You know why you've said that? Because it was originally called Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. I'm pulling this now from a long time so ago. They changed, the so. t- they changed the title at the last minute. Which is but badly. Yeah, because but- you don't you need... Know, the, the Honey Eye is what tells us that it's a sequel. <laughs> it? It's not the kid bit. What could this
2: be a sequel to <laughs> Honey, I Blew Up the Baby? I have no idea. <laughs> um, it was obviously a ginormous monster hit. In a year with some excellent offerings, as far as I'm concerned. Do you know what else came out that year?
1: I know it came out the same day as Batman. Mm. Yeah. Which, which I think is part of the reason. I guess what no, people couldn't get into Batman. Mm. And so they'd go with the spillover, would get into I Know the Kids. And plus, Roger Rabbit had been such a huge hit that the idea of seeing more Roger Rabbit, I think, attracted people on, to, on top of the the film itself. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade Ghostbusters 2 because I know that true. year very well
0: yeah <laughs> who's talking don't, don't, amazing don't, don't don't oh Ghostbusters 2 don't you do that for Ghostbusters but you don't get to go all dewy-eyed over <laughs> Ghostbusters 2
2: but imagine how excited I was when Ghostbusters right, yeah. out.
0: to take you back to that year before actually witnessing before that
2: film before watching I had the, the book as well I had a little picture book about it but
0: yeah. I tried so hard to love it I, I tried my best do you know what my biggest problem very quickly is with Ghostbusters 2 in amongst all the other problems it's the fact that at no point does it explain why Slimer suddenly become Friendly and is driving the bus, which is something that they pulled from the real Ghostbusters cartoon without explaining why, which is so rude.
2: Uh, It is rude. It's so rude. But Joe oh, Johnson, dear. part of it probably was
1: Ed Nair <laughs> talks about the fact that, that Disney had no confidence in it. There were a bunch of articles saying they were disappointed with the film. They told everyone that worked on it not to call it a family film. They want refer it referred to as a family film. They thought that was uncool. They booked a reissue of Peter Pan into cinemas for a few weeks later. And that's what was supposed to happen. And then after the opening weekend, everything changed. They called mm-hmm. it a family film. They cancelled Peter Pan. They went, Pan. All right,
2: yeah, shoot. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a family film. <laughs> Come and watch it. No um, vibrator jokes. <clears throat> no. No off-colour joke. Although there are a few off-colour You you don't, you don't like the, the French yeah. joke. Uh, I, I, no, I, it
1: was the, what I said in the last episode was the put your lips together and blow yeah. joke. But the French when joke... When does that
0: happen in it? What's, what is She that? tells him
1: to whistle and he can't whistle. And she says, you know how to, to whistle, don't you? You put your lips together and blow. Which is, is it Marlene Dietrich or Greta Garber? Someone, someone famous said that in the 1940s. And it's a, a blowjob joke.
2: Oh! <clears> which <throat> they
1: thought, oh, yeah, we can use that here.
2: And also as a blowjob joke, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, it doesn't like, no, it's not very, You don't yeah. literally blow. Do you think do they you meant it? <laughs> do you? I've been do doing you, it wrong. You have a, I nearly said that to you last time. I was like, "What? You, this is not working for me." <laughs> wow, Lemon X, you not it? Anyway, yeah.
1: but yeah, we could talk about right? the, we could talk about the French joke because it it does get said more than once in the film, and it's odd. yeah, it's odd.
2: Um, so that's as much as I did. Unless you want to do any more, shall we just talk about the film?
1: Mm which I will say when you watch it on Disney Plus have you noticed they've got these parental advice before the film now yes this one says uh, rated 6 plus contains tobacco depictions yeah and that's all they are warning me about there's some other stuff going on if i'm 6 years old that you should probably be told about
2: yeah but it's tobacco
1: Blowjobs, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. for example incorrect blood mm-hmm.
0: um uh, my problem do you can i do you watch Disney Plus on your laptop yeah the space bar doesn't pause on it does it it's the most infuriating oh God, thing. I thought he was going to say something interesting there. This is interesting. How do you make a streaming service and when you hit the space bar, it does not pause no, you're it? right,
1: because I was watching Swiss Family Robinson on it last night and it did annoy it's me. infuriating. Fix it. Carry on.
2: OK, Um. so do you want to talk about the opening credits, the cartoon? I thought you wanted to say something, Chris, but if not, I'll just say it. they were incredible at the time. Yep. They're still loads of fun. The things that happen in the credits don't happen in the film, as far as I can tell. But whatever, they look really good. Yeah, so that's all right. So, straight away, we are in another kitchen from the 80s with bonkers gadgets that don't work, a lot of which focus on coffee. <laughs> Why is the
0: mailbox not a gadget, though? I don't, yeah. It's such a mistrick. Mm. trick. It opens and he does a normal mailbox and he, their mailbox should be bleeping and a flashing yeah. lights and he just and gives like, it frizzing, to the dog. And then yeah.
2: the postman's like, I don't want to yeah, but but it, mail. The postman's really scared to put it in. Yeah, certainly.
1: But it does feel like they copied and pasted the house from the Peltzers in yeah. Gremlins, doesn't yeah. it?
2: And another reason you can tell it's the 80s. So Amy and Nick's mum, Diana, stayed over at Grandma's house after an argument with Dad, Wayne, Rick Moranis. So Amy, who I think is about 16, is like a house slave now. So she <laughs> has to cook and
1: clean. Oh, she's and having a laugh, though. When she she's cleans. having a laugh in
2: her she role. Ha- yeah. She can have a dance. The other yeah. woman has gone. Yeah. So now you must perform these roles. It's quite
0: good that it's a broken-ish family for a <laughs> Disney movie that we open with. It's not all uh, happy. The f- parents might be breaking up, mum's... Yep. Mm. I mean, this is what I initially thought. I was like, I think it's really good that the mum is supporting the dad, kind of, by working as a realtor. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of like messing about with his experiments. But it's a bit much, isn't it? You have an argument with your husband and then you just sort of go, fuck it, I'm off. I'm just going to stay at Grand's and uh, cook and breakfast and I'll come back when I feel like coming back.
2: Yeah, and then she's like, oh, the kids miss me. It's like, well, you just walked out on them. So (laughs) I don't know how they might feel about it. But also the neighbour, what's the neighbour called? The Thompson, Mrs. Thompson? Yeah. What's she called? Mrs. Thompson, anyway. Yep. She does, or someone says to Diane, You haven't been here much. It's like, Where have you been? So I it's haven't not, seen you around here for
0: a
3: while. Yeah,
2: for a while, not mm. for one night. So, you know, that is quite dark. But i like that. Um, and I think this film has a lot to say about. I think. Wait, it puts these other story elements in about family and father-son relationships and I think mm. it does it really well.
1: There's a lot of... Everyone has an arc yep. in this film. <clears throat> even even the smallest characters, even the dog <coughs> has an arc. I
2: oh, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs.
1: Thompson doesn't have an arc. I thought about this. That's a good point.
2: W- oh, well, no, she witnesses an act of bravery by her husband. That's not an arc. <laughs> That's not an arc, you're right. Oh, Shit.
0: That's not. Yeah, she doesn't have one. Uh, But I agree, everyone else does, but she she doesn't. She's a mere passenger on her husband's journey to not being as much of a dick. Not being a dick,
2: yeah. So Wayne is struggling to convince people. I'd sort of lost. Are they investors, the people that he's trying to show his shrinking machine works? although it doesn't no it's just other scientists just boffins just, yeah
0: just their brainiacs or, or geeks as Chris would call them yeah, and they're when he's very out rude. with a hockey team <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at those fucking geeks over there with their glasses on <laughs> you can spot them because of their glasses. the glasses and the irony is I was the geek so it was really myself I was hating
2: it's always the way isn't it you can't have always it both ways way.
1: you can't have it both ways
0: you can't you, hate you,
2: yourself and other people you set
1: your stall out on Monday
0: you can't call other people geeks and then go but I was a geek no you, that's, really. he's absolutely uh, right only people that wear glasses
1: and I do need glasses <laughs>
2: Are you resisting getting glasses? Do yeah, you yeah. think you managed me look like a geek? <laughs> what? 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 Yeah. Are we at school? I, I look, Are we literally at school? Look at how cool I look right now. <laughs> look at how good I look. Are you mad? No, look what, at my glasses. They're amazing. It, it, you know, like, he's
0: based his entire new look on Max Payne, and Max Payne does not wear glasses. <laughs> that's fair.
2: Okay. Um, anyway. The bit, there's a bit of science here about why the, what the machine is supposed to do. And it's something about t- removing empty space.
1: It proportion- <laughs> proportionally reduces the empty space in objects and people. And
2: at the time, I was like, that makes sense. And today as a 39-year-old, I was like, absolutely makes perfect sense. Why not?
1: Yeah, It's fine, though. They explained it away in a sentence. It's done, Boom, yeah. let's get on with the story. It's
2: done. Anyway, it sounds
1: like it should make sense.
2: It does. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, it doesn't work, though, does it? Until... Ron next door, a next door kid, sets it off with a well-aimed baseball and the kids are shrunk. And then we've got the first of a few really cool perspective shots and a massive dead fly, which again, when you're eight or nine, you're like, oh, yuck, brilliant.
0: But I think that's a really clever move. Like the idea of setting up insects that early, because the whole movie for me and the terror in this movie comes from... insects (laughs) because if you think about it the way when you've we've watched enough nature documentaries so the way insects kill each other and what insects do to each other is so horrific like a wasp that will paralyze like a caterpillar lay its eggs inside the caterpillar and then the baby wasps hatch in the caterpillar while the caterpillar is alive and then they eat their way out of the caterpillar yeah so you've got that in your mind and you're thinking that is out there and they're small enough that they could get stung and have wasp eggs in them.
2: Do you know what I learned today? There was an interview in The Guardian with Isabella Rossellini and she's very interested in animal behaviour and and insects, I think particularly, but this is the bit that i read. The praying mantis, you know that the praying mantis, the woman praying mantis eats the man praying mantis. Bites its
0: head off, yeah. Bites
2: its head off, but she does it while they're mating. Right, and yeah. so the praying mantis man's nervous system has evolved so that the feeling is where it needs to be, so he can still be inside the lady mantis while his head is being eaten. So basically, he gets bitten on the head. He doesn't stop. Isn't that amazing? Because <laughs> you would, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, I didn't realise that's what we were doing." Yeah. But... <laughs> but he doesn't. What's my safe word again? <laughs> it's Isabella. <Russell. laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it Isabella it Rossellini Isabella Rossellini that's
1: a terrible safe word
0: it's too long <laughs> to I understand she's it. too sexy Blue Velvet
2: oh fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway Oh, where were we? So the kids are in the yard because Wayne sweeps them up, puts them in um, a bag of rubbish and the the quest is on. They've got to get back to the house.
1: 3.2 miles from the house.
2: Yeah, so little Nick has got this gadget, which I think is a calculator, but he (laughs) (laughs) might I don't know because... Of course it's a calculator. How does he work out... No, this is because I don't know anything about maths. Right. Okay. uh, more about my lack of knowledge of maths after a short (laughs) break. This This week on
0: Stakhanov... Join the self-care club as they trial out all those January health kicks. Listen as they put themselves to the test with Couch to 5k, Dry January and loads
1: more. I think that evening was probably the closest you and I have ever
3: come to having a bit of a Barney, which we didn't have, but we nearly had one. It could have tipped into (laughs) Bruegge's.
1: And why not check out the latest
0: episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, where Roberto Martinez reflects on the highs and
1: lows of his managerial career and the lessons he's drawn from 14 years at the top of the game. When you're a young coach, you almost feel that you want to answer every doubt or every question mark that there is surrounding your position and out there. And then the older that you get, you understand that you cannot stop that. It's impossible. You need to affect the headlines of tomorrow. And that's the real
4: power of working in football and being the manager.
2: All that and A whole lot lot more
4: more. at Sukarno.
5: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and
0: T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it.
2: Go to Bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, how does he do it? Doesn't he go out are core of it yeah? Oh, he's just it's
0: maths. Just
2: this thing. It's, it's maths, It's maths. I swear to God, one of my notes is like that's very convenient. He's got a magic device, <laughs> a magic device, <laughs> a know?
0: MacGuffin. He's got something. Oh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, oh he's the just, the just invented something that calculates distance.
2: I honestly, or you should, a calculator. I'll show, you, I'll show you my workings out. Very convenient. Uh-huh. What is this machine he's got that works out distance and scale? <laughs> but it turns out it's called a calculator. Amazing. Uh, so they're going to take in along their way. Now, is it a river of piss? No. That they see. What is it then? No, because one of the interviews I read with Stuart Gordon, I think it's either Jeffrey Katzenberg or someone at Disney, got really obsessed with them. them the kids seeing a massive pile of shit, <laughs> like obsessed with it. Like it should be like a skyscraper because kids would love it, and it would just be so awful. Yeah. So then when I saw this river, I was like, oh, it's dog piss. Because no. okay, okay, fine. It doesn't ruin my enjoyment either way. Whatever.
1: Does it a little? <laughs> because they don't. Uh, if they, no, were, she if says, they were, if they were, if they, yeah. Go on. What does she Amy's say? Amy's
2: like, I'm not. They say we can swim, or we'll cross it. And Amy's like, "Oh, I'm not stepping in that." And it's like, well, if it's, it's just di- water,
1: it's dirty rainwater. Oh, what I think she—they would have said they would have referenced the fact it was piss if
2: they've okay. gone to all and the trouble
1: of making a river a
0: piss. But she's and, quite
2: a resourceful girl. But so. at this
0: point, they aren't covered in shit, like okay. or, or earth and everything. They're still relatively clean, so yeah. they don't want to go through it. And they do see a dead bug, sort of inside out, another dead bug floating along it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got in it, but that's because I thought it was piss. So anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> then, then we've got. But now I'm fine.
2: So this film, to me, is the the memory art that of the set pieces just makes me feel again the, all those nice feelings of like from being a child and watching it this film makes
1: you feel little again.
2: Makes me feel little, again. literally
1: and metaphorically.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and the first big moment is Nick is kid. I keep saying kidnapped by a bee, but that's not really true. So little Nick. Climbs inside a flower. He's allergic to pollen. He's kind of not allergic to pollen. But then a bee picks him up and sort of takes him off around the yard and he's flying around. And it's Russ, the older kid from next door, He's also got a, a really sweet arc, mm. which enough, you know, just give it, it, just gives it enough time. It's not overdone. But his storyline is about proving himself in the world as a grown-up and as, as a grown man. And his dad is a little bit obsessed with that. And his dad's like, you know, you should do weights. You should he, doesn't do want to be, he
1: doesn't want to be a jock. He's not a jock. His a a dad's trying to make him into a, a hockey jock or the whatever. The
2: minute he's called upon to do something brave, he doesn't even hesitate. He's like, I'm going to climb on that B. Like, no questions asked. Gets on the B. Saves the day. Do you like Russell? I do, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Mm.
0: Uh, you see, I think this was another problem I had with it as a kid was that, uh, that none of the kids I felt were cool enough. Like there were definite comparisons between this movie and the Goonies, but whereas the Goonies, yeah. like they were cool, and you were like, oh, I want to be one of those kids. None of the kids in this are, were in any way aspirational. See, I think
1: the difference is you've got nice kids here, whereas the Goonies is made up of largely brats, quite bratty kids. Mm. And I think there's something nice about these kids being quite sweet, like a lot more like the Stranger Things kids. Yeah. Yeah, but now even the Stranger Things kids are kind of cool and, like,
0: alternative. These they these kids, like, you know, for all Russell, like, quitting the football team, still look very, like,
1: you know, all-American, oh, I think, wholesome. I, I think Nick's great, though. I really like mini Rit Moranis. Mm. I think that's a really... I think he looks great. I think he's a really fun really character. Cute. Yeah, so...
0: Oh, I'm not saying they're not good characters. And as an adult watching it, it's fine. What I'm saying is, as a child, you want someone who is, like, the, the, the person you like, they're cool. Like Corey Feldman in Stand By Me, I know I keep going on about him, but it, like, and in the Goonies, like he was a cool character,
1: and in this, there's no one like them. Hmm. Yeah, I think Russ has got a bit of that, but but point taken.
2: So meanwhile, the big people Wayne is trying to figure out what's happened. He also nearly hits the bee with a baseball bat, which I, that's a weird moment.
0: So thank you. I saw that moment and I wrote down one overreaction. Yeah, who was bee with a bat? But it's because it's a it's a plot point, isn't it? Because he then looks at the bat. Looks at the window and realizes yeah. something has happened and that's how he finds out the machine shrunk this furniture. Yes. So because I, I was like, what an odd thing to have him do at that yep. point. And he you sets... never
1: hit a bee with a bat. Never
0: hit a I
2: don't think I'd bat. be able to. I don't know I'm wouldn't be you able never,
1: to. You never caught a flying chopsticks? This is all it's all easy stuff. It's that's how I spent my childhood.
2: Really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, I'm really it's, good a, at dr- it's mosqu- a
1: drinking game
0: for the hockey club. <laughs> oh, right.
2: I'm really good at I tell you what I'm brilliant at is I'm a really good mosquito hunter. If you ever need what, if you're ever in a room with me, I go completely still. I'm like, it's amazing. I'm like, predator. I'm just like, wait. Because and then I hear she, it. You're and so then. so
0: fair. I bet they fucking love you. Yeah. <laughs> they do. I bet. It's one not, of us. One of us. But it's
2: not, re- <laughs> it's
0: not really a gift
2: if all you have to
0: do is just stand in a room and they flock to they you. They do. Yeah. yeah.
2: They come to me and yeah. I'm like, come
1: closer. She will
2: you. She
1: also sucks the blood out of everyone
2: around <laughs> her. Yeah. Just put your lips together and are blow. are you a queen? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so he, Wayne sets the holes on the yard and then th- this is an important point in the story because Amy nearly drowns because of all this water that's flooding through the yard and she's rescued by Russ um, and that sort of stops the squabbling between the children because she really nearly dies and she hmm. has to cough up all this sludge and her brother is mortified and it's awful. And these kids, they've been squabbling amongst themselves a bit and it hasn't seemed that serious to them. And then it does seem very, you know, the stakes yeah. become very clear to them, which is a really good moment yeah. and quite great. It's a brave.
0: cool image as well when the sprinkler comes
1: up out of the grass. It yeah. looks like a dystopian, like future hellscape. It's really yeah. scary. Yeah. The, effect, the effects are amazing. Obviously, they're a little bit dated now, but I can certainly remember just how thrilling it was, that bee, the bee sequence. Yeah. Which they, they did using blue screens and they spent a fortune on that and it was so effective at the time and and as you say all the all the practical stuff as well uh, it looks it looks that stuff hasn't dated because Oops, it was yeah. because it was real mm.
2: yeah and I wonder yeah it, it, I watched it and I was like none of this looks out of place it doesn't look dated. I wouldn't do it any you know you, with your modern eyes just it still looks fantastic but I wonder if a lot of that is like just sentimentality about
1: I'm sure it is a little bit but it hasn't dated enough we've had films where it has dated enough to almost spoil your enjoyment, yeah. but with this film, I don't think it does.
2: It's an
0: age-old thing, though. If you if they made this, and they are remaking it, I think. if They're doing they, a sequel. They're doing a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the minute you put a CGI ant in for auntie, you will lose all the emotion that people yeah. have towards that ant, and it will ruin it. You need practical effects, because it helps the actors, and it helps the audience.
2: Yeah. yeah. So the kids working together is best shown by harnessing an ant, auntie, Mm-hmm. Um, and riding the ants mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as they can. Um, so this is my this is my only, not only, uh, this is like a little quibble. I think the kids' storyline is stronger than the adults, which I think is a shame because the adult, for uh, Wayne and Diane, for the Zielinskis, because there's a point, their marriage is like in trouble and there's a point where, and then Wayne says, like word for word almost, somehow I think this is all my fault. And it's like, it definitely is your fault. Like as your wife, your wife should be like, it's clearly your fucking fault because I wasn't even here. Mm. There's no lock on the door. I've told you a million times. That blah would, blah. That blah. would
0: be a really shitty thing to do, though. To go, I'm sleeping at uh, I'm sleeping at my mum's house tonight because we've had an argument. And now this is your fault because I wasn't here.
2: Yeah, but it's realistic. Like if some, if someone does something to the kids oh, and it's of on an their watch into Vicky's home life. I am telling you, if it's on somebody else's watch, you have every single instinct, because you're scared and angry, you wanna go, This was your fault. But you have to be like, okay, we'll fix it and try not to resent but, that person.
1: And I agree for a for a better movie, but you can't I think that's looking at it through grown-up eyes. Whereas when I was a kid Every time it cut to the adults, I was kind of wanting to get back to the children. I want to see the adventure.
0: Yeah, I think I think Matt Frewer, uh, Max Headroom, Max Headroom, uh, his story, his arc is great, and his performance is really good. So I I think like strangely, he's in it more at the start than Rick Moranis is. is. Like It sort of becomes his story. It's really noticeable. Yeah.
2: He has the aside with his son Mm -hmm. about being a man and lift weights and when I was your age and it's such a good, there's so much going on. Little Russ is like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed by you but also I will do what you tell me to do which is such an interesting, kids at that age when if Russ was three years old he'd be like fuck off dad. I'm not doing that but you're my dad and so I can't say no so I do I will lift weights but it's really complicated and
0: that bit where he's sort of he he's like his dad's getting a little bit angry and he really diffuses it because he's like well it's a bit tense and then yeah. he goes all right, Dad. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And the bit where his wife, he's going to have a cigarette outside, and his wife, he goes, you know, like he doesn't, he, she doesn't even turn around. She goes, you are not smoking out there, are you? Yeah. And he just spits it out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. But again, the the family, the familial relationship, he doesn't go no, and then have it. He mm. does what he's told because he wants his. Mm. Yeah. I, I just find it. I think it's really interesting.
0: Agreed that their 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 relationship seems more interesting than uh, the yeah. Zelinsky's.
2: The Zelinsky's the the way that the relationship between Diane and Wayne is resolved is. Wayne's been up all night trying to fix the machine or look for the kids. It's like, well, so he should because he kind of lost <laughs> the kids in the yard. They seem remarkably, this will be modern eyes, remarkably chilled for the fact that their kids are in the yard, given the dangers. They're like, oh, I'm, they're basically like, they'll turn up in the morning. Like, don't worry about it. So he's asleep at the machine and there's a weird scene, which to me felt really like crowbarred in, where she walks into the room and he's asleep and she goes, I love you, Wayne <laughs> It's like, what? Okay, so you're forgiven, which is great. Because what? Because you fell asleep. You should be... Mm. No, you should... Not a moment's do rest. Do you
0: never feel like that, though? I I, often, I I feel like when you are watching your partner sleeping, it is when you love them most, because they're not talking.
1: They're not talking. To you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, we're all agreed. We're
3: all agreed. <laughs> you
1: do? Do any of our partners in this podcast? I don't think so. No. I think we're fine.
2: We're fine. Say got, what we like.
1: They have got better things to do.
2: <laughs> no, but
0: I do think... I think you are really like that's sweet. Look, like you, know, it's great. You love them most, and they're just like, There, it's
2: like, Look at it.
1: Yeah, we got it. It's weird that you keep
0: saying it.
2: Did you say it? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so, um, so the, as I've said, the, par- the parents to me don't seem quite as in bits as I would be in that situation. For me, exemplified by the fact they've still got their appetite. So the kids are in the yard and Wayne's like, let's have some Cheerios. (laughs) By which point the kids have managed to get across the yard. Like trauma and fear, I think robs you of your appetite in in my experience.
1: Every person's different. Yeah, fair enough. I'll be with you. And also I've only just discovered Cheerios about a year ago and I really like them.
2: Do you know, what about when you were stoned? Mm. We
1: didn't live next
0: to a 24 hour (laughs) garage like we did. (laughs) That's why we went to the garage and <laughs> bought Cheerios at four in the
1: morning. Nothing better, oh. really.
0: Cereal, oh, peach
2: cordial, and cereal. Yeah, because you need a bit of energy. You just need some sugar. She's in it's chocolate very bars. quick. She's in chocolate <laughs> bars, but oh, yeah, chocolate bars and crisps. This is. I can't think about Cheerios. without thinking about um, weed. As I don't eat Cheerios anymore.
0: Anyway. Why you had a problem?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so that interview I was talking about with uh, Stuart Gordon apparently Jeffrey Katzenberg, apart from the poo idea, was also keen that the kids would get trapped in a shopping trolley and get like have groceries thrown at them. Um, and Stuart Gordon said he assumed this was a way of having more product placement in the film so he mm. could increase the budget without paying for it. Um, but it did inspire this scene, which is uh, Nick falling into the Cheerios and nearly being eaten by his dad. Um and so, you know, he describes it as a moment of Freudian perversity because he's obviously about to devour his son, like a very sort of... Um, it's quite dark. Tragedy. Yeah. Mm. I find it quite scary because the idea that you might be eaten yeah.
1: by your father. I mean, it is a proper horror film for kids, I feel like, this one is. It's proper, there's scary scenes, there's, you know, there's tent scenes. There's, it's a mini horror film.
0: Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. It reminds me of watching all the old stop motion sort of Sinbad movies, like when the scorpion attacks. Mm. I think that's really good. Mm. And we haven't really touched on anti
1: anti death, anti no. died.
2: Oh Mickey. yeah, Anti-dye. sorry, you
1: skipped over
0: that. You know what? It's
2: because I can't look directly at it because it's too sad. So that's it's i don't always do that. Yeah, it's really really sad. It's good. I forgot oh, killed yeah. by <laughs> killed by a scorpion. No, no, that's way really too scary. Yeah, yeah. Not Not a lot, lot, of sco- lot of scorpions in America. I think so. Yeah, Ooh. I think you forget they've got more. They've got more going on <laughs> than yeah. we do.
0: Black widow spiders. That's what
1: you were worried about. In New Zealand. Well, they are there too.
0: Um,
2: oh, are they
1: there? No, it's very it's very no, sorry, no I don't know. Uh, <laughs> dead ant. Let's get let's talk about the dead ant. It's it's heartbreaking. Yep. Like it's and you're going to get to my change a bit later, but I
2: don't know if it was necessary. Yeah, I suppose who learns a lesson as a result of that? And Uh, that poor ant, they've enslaved that ant, and then it dies. (laughs) The weird thing—he got a lot out of that friendship.
1: (laughs) What I find, he got a little bit of cookie. What I find
0: is—he could have got the cookie himself. (laughs) That was his cookie. (laughs) It's, um, It's the fact that they keep emphasising before he dies. So they, they, the writers know that they're going to kill this ant, and they make the kids repeatedly say, "He's just a baby. He doesn't. I know. He's a baby ant. Yeah. He doesn't know anywhere. He's learning." It's like mm. so. No, it's not just an ant. It's a child ant yeah. that is killed. Mm-hmm. I agree with Chris. I don't think it's necessary.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, what's the what's Russ's brother called? Ron. So Ron is really the person that's had the arc with Auntie by befriending. Mm. So maybe it's to give Ron. Uh, an emotional because he's quite uh, of what a little shit. He's a little shit. I was yeah. going to say stoic, but that's a weird word for a twelve-year-old. <laughs> he's he's something, and he needs you know we need to like, break through that shell.
0: Well, he needs to understand death. Yeah, yeah, and that, I think that breaks him. I, I think after this movie, he turns to drink.
2: Yeah, um, so we're getting to the end. Um, Wayne discovers the kids and sees that they they're small. And so we're going to put them back with the machine to make them big again. But it's the end scene, obviously, apart from engorging the children. No.
0: Why? <laughs> Why would you say because that? Because he
2: kept saying embiggening before and that's not a word. Mm, I yep. think
0: it is. I no, it's not. I don't think you should say engorging no, children. No, I don't. I
2: think we should take it out. <laughs> <laughs> Enlarging the children. I don't know. Making them big again. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Just fucking pick one. <laughs> before making the children big again. So Wayne needs a volunteer for the machine because someone says, is it you know, such a good idea to just use it on the kids given that it exploded an apple? And Mr. Thompson steps up. And so his sons can see that he will do this for them. And I I shed one of my <laughs> red tears. That's I cry all the time. Did you? Yeah, I did. I was preoccupied
0: yeah. by the fact that they do, I mean, obviously they would do this, but they skip a beat because they go from going, right, the machine, uh, is. Uh, it makes things... Um, uh, small again, but they need to. They should. Be, he goes, Do it on a living thing, do it on me. But they haven't actually brought anything small back up oh, to large and see, and see that it works. See whether it works on a non living thing first. They go straight to a living thing. It, it, no,
2: they, what you should do, they do it on a non living thing and it explodes. But then Wayne has a reason why he knows it will right, work on a living right. thing. And so you have to trust that. But when the baseball, when Mr. Thompson steps into the line, we are thinking you will die. Yeah. And then he doesn't.
1: Yeah,
0: because it it, it it just it feels. I mean, it's a difficult bit. This because after Cheerio Gate, you are just waiting for them to be mm. enlarged again. It's an anticlimax. Enlarged. There you go, Victoria.
1: Yeah, not engorged. Embiggen's in, in, a... in, in the Urban Dictionary, so like, that urban Not a dictionary, Absolute, really. Like... Wait, well, it's got dictionary in the <laughs> title. <though. laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, it's like a user-led dictionary. It doesn't count.
1: <laughs> and it but, means to make bigger or to enlarge. You Don't
2: need to tell me what it means. Or what it pretend <laughs> means. Embiggen. If the clue is in the word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I'm big the kids
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> It is a dictionary <laughs>
2: it is. It's an urban <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I think the arc is strongest the story is strongest for the Thompson kids because their dad steps up and the I think the youngest one the youngest one has got away with he's kind of his dad's favourite in this because he will go fishing and he'll do whatever but I think that actor does well, little Ron, at showing that he knows he's a bit on borrowed time and so he sees his older brother and what he's going through with his dad and he's like, that will be me in a few years and he's just trying to eke out these good feelings and all of that complicated grown-up emotion is like resolved in two seconds because he steps in front of this laser. Well, I think it's amazing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then big food. Super-sized turkey. Yeah.
1: Super-sized dog biscuit.
2: Yeah.
1: And then grubby... Uh, French class line to end it when you're, yeah. fi- you're fine with the big food that's a funny joke <laughs> yeah bang and then a the callback to this joke
2: yeah in the mouth of a child which I can well.
1: so I can remember uh, I think probably my best friend Neil came with me to the cinema to watch that on my birthday and I can remember him saying to me did you get that French, French class joke and mm. me going yeah yeah did you and he's like yeah yeah and then I certainly went away thinking did I get it
2: yeah did you get
1: it I did get it but I wasn't sure I wasn't 100% sure I said I was sure because I didn't know I I thought uh, because I thought I knew it's a reference to French kissing right and obviously it is I think it isn't it
2: yes you're saying us
1: now (laughs) that is the only I've got to check that's the only joke I've got to check that's the Um, only joke the only joke is it's French kissing I wonder if Neil pretended or wasn't 100% sure but said it just so we were both saving face with each other probably why do you have a problem with it I, I just think it's a, it's a. I feel like it's a slightly grubby joke to have at the end of this family French film. kissing.
0: It's, a, it's hilarious. It's like it's a, it's the most it's the nicest. I don't think it's sweet. a very I, also.
1: I don't think it's a very funny joke. It's the first a, it's time not it's not, not funny, funny and so to end your film on boom this punchline when you've just had the punchline of a turkey and a dog biscuit,
0: <laughs> it was unnecessary.
1: Do you not think
0: it's quite funny the fact that it it's the it decreases to the little circle and then he enlarges the circle again to do a shit line? It's like almost wasting the audience's time with a shit line. In is in it is in itself kind of funny. No. I kind of do,
2: um, and that—that is all I have. <laughs> oh, apart from there is going to be a new a new one. Um, you... What one? No, 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 no. It's
0: fine. Go no, no, no. I do, I was just wondering whether you enlarge the turkey while it's alive, then kill it and cook it, or such a good point. But you don't. You must because you no, no one has an oven that big unless you in in big in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sequel... Yeah, how did they cook it? Well, they must have cooked it as yeah, it was a regular then, sized turkey and then, and then, then enlarged it. And big and... But that's right. surely that you're just adding space then. If Rick Moranis at the start, if we follow his theory, they're just adding space that wasn't there before. So you're not yeah. getting any more turkey. You're, just you're getting, not getting
2: any more protein. I mean, when no. the,
0: that thing's going to go off like a fucking bomb when you carve it
2: just You're full like of a air. Burst yeah. It's <laughs> little legs just flying around <laughs> the
1: ribs. So there's your joke to end on. <laughs> of
2: course. There you go. Uh,
1: and so the sequel, obviously, everything's changing because of COVID that was announced just before um, COVID hit. It's going to be a Disney Plus film and. Joe Johnston is directing.
2: Yay. Rick
1: Moranis is apparently returning. Hooray. And that's Rick Moranis who wouldn't return for Ghostbusters, but he's apparently coming back for this, although this might have changed since we've recorded this. And um, Josh Gad is playing grown-up Nick.
2: Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, I like uh, it. Yeah, I like it.
1: I can do, I can do that.
0: So I shall no we um,
2: do the bits? Hell yeah. Chris, what was your best scene?
1: Uh, Dad about to eat Cheerio Nick. Uh, I didn't see it coming and it looks amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed. Alex? Uh, the bit where uh,
0: Rick Moranis finally tells his wife that he has shrunk the kids. Yeah. That whole conversation when he's like, uh, he's sort of going, uh, the machine works. She's like, the machine works, that's great. Do the kids know? He's like, yeah, I <laughs> think the kids know. I love that bit. Either that or auntie's death um, because I think it's really quite powerful uh, and astonishing. And I remember thinking at the time, am I really crying over a stop-motion ant? But <laughs> I, I was, and I did, again. Uh, or, just because, you know, why have one best scene when three will do, uh, the hat gag where he's not quite brought back to normal size at the end where he puts on his baseball oh, yeah. hat and it's just slightly too big for him.
2: That's quite sweet. Uh, mine is the flying bees because it was really terrifying. I think it's a shame that they end up basically in the same bit of garden <clears throat> without too much work. And there could be a fun bit of story about how they find each other and what tools they use to find each other. But, I, you know, it's stayed with me for many years. Um, your most valuable whatever, Alex.
0: Matt Fruer, Max Headroom as uh, Russell Thompson. I think he's absolutely brilliant. He does a lot with a character uh, that could have just been the overbearing dad, and makes him very funny and very sympathetic by the end. And I think he's absolutely hilarious in this. And I was in a movie with him once.
2: What oh, you? Chris? Sure. Oh, well, what on. are the two films on. he's we, been in? We don't. What? <laughs> yeah. what?
0: We don't. Yeah. No one cares. I was in a movie with Matt Frewer. Oh, right. Which one? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, he plays Frank in uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh. Uh, the, the Zack Snyder uh, <clears throat> remake, which I was in. Uh, okay. yeah, That's good. So I mean, just to clarify, that's not why I picked him. I mean, it's not like, you know, because we work together,
1: I feel obliged <laughs> to pick works.
3: him. <laughs>
1: but I'm just saying, he's great in this movie. We bring this up a lot. When we do, I think we we should do Dawn of the Dead v. Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Can you get, um? obviously you can get Zack Snyder to guess. I can. Excellent. Oh, great. So that is a done deal. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. What's yours? A uh, big fan of Tummy Trouble. <laughs> I, I rewatched it this week and it ends with a very good joke about the price of healthcare in the States, which would work 30 years yes! later.
0: great. Was it on your... Disney Plus thing.
1: No, it's on YouTube. Oh.
0: It's on YouTube. So but wait, you went to YouTube to watch the movie the the, the the cartoon that would have
1: gone before the movie in the cinema? Yes. It's wow. it's called Prep. Okay. I mean it's not part of the movie. Yeah, it was in nineteen eighty nine. But
0: then if we ever do boys, a Pixar boys, If we, we ever um, do a Pixar movie, do we have to do the
1: do we have to do the Pixar Short as well? Do we have to watch the Pixar Short that before the Pixar movie? I've decided at the time. Okay. <laughs> whether it's relevant whether it's one of my MVWs um, no. uh, but really in this film I'm going to go for the sets set design I just yes, think it five. is that's amazing that's what I've got as well
2: thanks production designer Greg yeah. Fonseca yeah. yes there's,
1: there's, a, there's a Disney there's a quite terrible Disney documentary about the making of the film which you can find on YouTube as well um, and it's also watching these you know watching the kids uh, um, on the broom the broom's mm-hmm. made of f- foam and them sort of hanging on and in rigs and it's just it's really cool the way they put this all Mm -hmm. together so that's my pick
2: I I was yeah I want to pick Greg Fonseca or Joe Johnston because to be able to do that as your first I know that he's not um, he's not an amateur at that point but it's an incredible thing to be able to do the confidence that you would need the self-belief the ability to be a good manager and a good team and face down just lots of shit every day is uh, quite awe-inspiring um, or oh, anti, actually. So you, uh, should,
0: you should give that speech to every new director who starts working at Disney. <laughs> the amount of shit <laughs> you, you have, to deal with. have to face down. Yep. But
2: if you can if, do that.
0: If, if you can face that shit head on.
2: <laughs> every single minute of your day. And your days are long.
0: <laughs> what Your blood pressure and your general health is fucked. But if you can deal with that... Welcome to the. Is it Jeffrey
2: Katzenberg? Quote, it was like if you don't like working Saturdays, don't turn up on Sunday. That isn't that oh, that's
1: good. That's a good line. That's <laughs> yeah. a good line.
2: I think that's him because you know they expect a seven-day week out of you. Anyway, yeah, I got it. Um, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. It's in, isn't he being spiky yeah! today? No, I'm not <laughs> sorry. Uh, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, we get it. Can, <clears throat> can we move on? <clears throat> got, right, Alex. got to keep the show under an hour. You know, obviously, places to go, people to see.
2: If you could change one thing, Alex,
0: I'll do it really quickly. Obviously,
1: uh. Do not, James Horner, have the Goonies' fucking score oh, naughty in it in this movie? It's in the trailer, and I thought oh, that's naughty. And then you watch them and you're like, oh no, they've got it in the film. But it's not the Goonies' score. So I, I, I will keep it very brief,
0: obviously. But um, <laughs> it's I went down a little wormhole on this about what is plagiarism and what is homage, mm. like, and what why composers often find themselves using because it's not the Goonies' score. It is his own score that is basically a complete rip off of the Goonies. And there's lots of interesting arguments about why people do it. And a lot of the time, it's not the composer's fault. A director will go, I basically want the Goonies Mm. for this bit. And then the composer will have to go off and sort of do his duty, but also want to be creative. But to me, that Goonies score, it's just too close to the fucking Goonies. And I'm watching it going, I'd rather be watching the Goonies because I like the Goonies a bit more than I like this. Mm. And now I'm thinking about the Goonies. And even if I didn't like the Goonies more, I'd still be thinking about the fucking Goonies. Yeah.
1: So the score That's is a, a bit point. of a problem. What about you? I don't know if you saw this trivia, but the Society for the Prevention of English Language and Literature, <laughs> I did. <laughs> a.k.a. Spell, uh, awarded Honey, I Wicked. Shrunk the Kids with its 1989 Dunce Cap Award, citing the title's grammatical error of using the word shrunk instead of shrank. Yeah. An unnamed Disney executive responded that the incorrect usage was on purpose and directly referenced a line of dialogue. So it should have been Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Honey, I Have Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, which got me down a rabbit hole. Who framed Roger Rabbit should have a question mark at the end of it. Uh, Marley and me should be Marley and I, <laughs> and and you got served should be you were served or you have been served. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going for that. Um, don't kill Auntie. Auntie, now the size of a pony, appears in front of the snobby college bigwigs who are in the process of dismissing Wayne Zalinski's story about his invention. <laughs> Auntie's arrival proves that Wayne is telling the truth. <clears throat> I love it. That's got, great. Got to hold my hands up. That was in Ed Naha's original script. Oh, really? And he's still pissed off that they didn't make that. They, they changed it. That was in the original script. Definitely. And it's a great ending.
2: It is a good ending. You um, do, it's,
0: it, there is a thing where you need a, you need a spectre of death or death in a script at a certain point. And Anti does
1: provide that, but it seems uh, overkill. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the girl had nearly died, hadn't she? So we've yeah. we Really
2: nearly died, yeah. yeah. Uh, my change is the machine at the beginning is never a shrinking machine it's a growing machine what? and it doesn't work and the baseball rewires it Wayne figures this out and the change over in the middle part of the film he realises that if he's got a shrinking machine that will make his investors happy for some reason when he's like I've got a growing machine that like we don't care but it doesn't work we definitely don't care so the family is saved by a surprise freaky thing that should never have happened really never have happened rather than basically an accident waiting to happen do you see what I mean? It's a shrinking machine and if he's got a lock on the door, you don't have a film. But if it was always a growing machine and it's the baseball that re, like, re-jigs it, mm-hmm. then you've got the double surprise of not only have the kids been shrunk and find the kids, but then Wayne can be like, and I can use this development to save our family.
0: Okay, but what are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, when you first... Hmm. I've seen this film before, obviously, maybe a couple of times, but I thought, it wouldn't it be fun -er if it was like, the machine in the attic grows things, okay? But now the baseball, rather than the... You know, fuck it, fuck off. (laughs) No, I just... No, fuck off. But the more you try
0: to explain it, the more ridiculous it starts to (laughs) sound.
2: Because he's an inventor, and the thing with the baseball, (laughs) the baseball, he's like, oh, the laser goes through the baseball. He should have thought of that, because he's an inventor. It's a basic idea that a baseball, like... Convert Mm, Does something To the laser Right But if the machine Is completely redone By this freak accident That is more More Better Alright
0: That embiggens it
2: It Engorges (laughs) Now that would
0: unembiggen it Wow <clears throat> um, I'm going with Chris's change. <laughs> it's not even a voting system. All <laughs> uh, right then. Has that brought us to a close on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I think it has. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one this week. I'm excited to find out which way both of you are going. Let's do the verdict. You want answers?
1: I think I'm entitled. You to. want
0: answers? I want the truth!
1: It's the verdict, Chris. Well, it did go into this one. I'm really not sure what I was going to pick. Mm. Uh, in a space, it's good to see a big budget action comedy effects bonanza for kids, which we don't really get anymore. I was thinking, what is like this? Ant-Man was the one that sprang to mind and not many others. The Ant-Man movies to do all these things in one film. We just don't make them anymore. Um, but like a lot of Joe Dante's films, I think it's a bit all over the place and a bit of a mess. Uh, too much going on, the opposite of what you think of that. Um, Honey, I Shrink the Kids is a really good family film, three-dimensional characters, amazing special effects in service of a really exciting story. So while I enjoy Inner in a space, I'm going with the one I loved the most when I was a whippersnapper. Honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump in here then, only Ooh. because uh, you know, I know I, what's happening. I know what's happening here.
0: Yeah, you right. do know what's happening here. <laughs> um, I uh, honestly, uh, hands down, uh, part of it is nostalgia, no doubt. But I love how insane. For exactly the reason Chris doesn't like Inner space, I love it. I love the fact it layer upon layer upon layer of crazy and Zany! and i just think it's good and it was uh, i'm saying it's not nostalgia it was like a bullet of nostalgia to my heart watching inner space again and i bloody loved it and it's a five star movie for me and it is one of the definitive 80s movies in my new, it's uh, it's in my top 10 all time favorite movies now so that's why i'm voting for inner space and that's why you can break my heart, Victoria.
2: Oh, Alex. Um, before we watched these, I thought I knew for sure that I where, which way I was going to go because, like you, Alex, one of them was just like, I, I would have put it in my top 10 favourite films of all time <laughs> without having watched it for 30 years. And the Honey, I and the Kids, I would have been like, yeah, I enjoyed it. It made me feel... Really nostalgic, but I was so surprised at how invested I was in it, how scared I was of it. I cried at the end of it. And in a space, it, 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 that has broken my heart because it's a mess. It is just a mess. There's too much going on. What about your history with that movie? I three, do. One, yeah. of one of three
1: VHSs. One
2: mm. of three VHSs, I know. My history
1: with the other film with the family and stuff. Mm.
2: Yeah, so it's equal. It's oh, so strong family memories, Either way. I loved my yes. granddad and watching those three VHSs yeah. all the time.
0: <laughs> but, 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 really. <laughs> But really, your granddad and those <laughs>
2: What do you think you're doing?
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's, the, it's Joe Dante
0: all over again.
2: <laughs> he loses his shit when Joe Dante. Oh, is that, is that the pattern? Just, oh, OK. I just want
0: you to make the right decision.
2: I am going to make the right decision. Well, you're going to make
0: a decision, I can <laughs>
2: because, tell. Um, for the film that I enjoyed the most, and for all the reasons that Chris said, I am voting for Honey, I Shrunk the Kid.
0: Bollocks to both the uh, <laughs> wrong inner space should have won this week. And I'm very disappointed in you because I genuinely thought we all saw eye to eye and We've I I never thought, see
1: audio,
0: I yeah but that this week that's why I was sort of relaxed about it I knew you'd probably go for Honey, I was the kids because it's wholesome and they're really nice children I thought you'd be with me Victoria I
2: thought I'd be with you and oh, then I watched it again In a
0: Space is very good it is very it's good very, that's very why it should have won it's very it's, entertaining there's so too much going oh, on no, I don't like this <laughs> <I> don't like, <laughs> we know I don't like what's happening here um, right then Chris do you want to end, finish the show I'm having having a moment. Oh, I will tell you one thing very quickly because I almost forgot. You know the bit where the kids in Honey Asher and the Kids are beating up the giant um, scorpion with sticks and rocks? Mm -hmm. Didn't that remind you of uh, the TV movie It? Starring Tim Curry.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> and that completes this week's Obligatory <laughs> Tim Curry reference. I nearly forgot and I wrote it down. You forgot it, last week. Well, I, know, no, I, when Harry I know I did. That's why I was
1: making an effort. Have we reti- I think we've retired it.
2: I we? think we, there has to come a time when we do. And I say it. Because you, because you it. yourself forget it quite it a lot. Because it doesn't make it special then, does it? If it's just something we do every week.
0: Oh, so are you both saying we're retiring the obligatory oh, Tim well, Curry you, reference. You,
1: you keep forgetting it is what's retiring Because it. I'm forgetful. That's
0: not retiring something. That's forgetting
1: they're entirely different. Let's. Do you want about, to end the show? Let's talk about next week. Great. <laughs> I thought this was never going to end. Ben Ryan. Uh, Inner from, Space should have won. From Sydney in New Zealand. Thank you uh, so much for uh, writing in to us. Uh, the films are, the clue was uh, Cage Fight. Mm. Three-way cage fight, and we are doing The Rock versus Conair versus Face Off, and Alex, you've got The Rock. Uh, Chris, you've got Conair. Vicky, you've got Face Off. Are you doing an impression of me? Is that what this is? <laughs> no, good. I was funny right. um, and super excited. We're super excited to do these. Uh, we've been talking about doing these for a long well, time. Well, well, we were. I mean, Ben, I don't want to don't want to burst your bubble
0: right now, but you, whatever, the mo- wrong movie is going to get picked, so. I wouldn't,
2: so I wouldn't. I'll
0: take it out on Ben. No, I'm just saying. Why well, bother? I'm I'm saving him <laughs> uh, time. Three hours of his week. And you, you know
1: what go I'm gonna do? Your, do something else. You know what I'm gonna do because I've just realised this. If um, there's a chance that no film will win. If each of us pick a different film. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask Ben uh, what his uh favorite of these is between now and then and he yeah. can have the deciding vote if Good it's a idea. draw
2: yeah.
0: uh, so thank you very much for listening uh, the winner this week is Honey I Shrunk the Kids next week is our big cage fight we hope to see you then uh, if you want to get in touch we are on Twitter at ClashPod or you can email us show at ClashPod.com thank you very much for listening please do subscribe to us and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify or other back in a week bye bye